0: Welcome to Coaching with Catherine, the podcast on defining success on your own terms. My name is Catherine Levenhagen. Every Friday, you will get a new podcast on how to make life mean more and build a life you're proud to live. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Coaching with Catherine. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Vicki Griffith. Vicki is a coach, speaker, EFT practitioner, and certified hypnotist, as well as a whole lot more. Believing success to be a destination, Vicki worked hard to achieve what she thought success to be based on society's definition of success. But when she arrived at this destination, she was surprised to find out that it wasn't what she thought it would be. This discovery took Vicky down a new path of finding out what success meant to her and how to enjoy the journey along the way. Let's dive in and talk to Vicki now about how she defines success and how she's created it on her own terms. Hi, Vicki. Welcome to the show. Okay, Vicki. I am so excited to have you on today. And I want to tell the listeners a little bit about how we met. So, Vicki and I got connected through another coach, a health coach that I met in Gainesville, Florida when I was living there. And Vicki and I connected and I felt immediately in our first connection that there was some, there was like an effortlessness about it and just an ease in our connection. And I felt like we just synced, even though we were, we didn't know each other. We didn't know anything about each other. Um, But once we kind of shared our stories, there was a connection and we've, we've stayed in, in touch and we've talked monthly now since I've been out in Colorado And it's been a really great um, connection. I've really appreciated our interactions. And I think what I love about Vicky is her um, focus and commitment on serving people and really helping people to step into a more fulfilled, more satisfied life. And specifically, she works primarily with people around weight loss. But I'm imagining that the work you do is a lot more than losing weight. So maybe, Vicki, why don't you start out by just sharing a little bit about yourself and what you do
1: currently? Yeah, thank, thank you for having me on, for one. And I'm I'm really giggling a little bit here in the background because I have two of my dogs in the office with me right now. A <laughs> lot <laughs> of them snoring a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's adding into the conversation perfect <laughs> which is fun to
0: have him <laughs> yeah i so, can't hear him but i mean i think <laughs> i totally welcome the
1: snoring <laughs> uh, so um uh, so tell me tell you a little bit about myself i um come from a small town in the state of michigan it was it's called charlotte it's spelled the same way as charlotte and uh south carolina they just had it pronounced wrong this whole time charlotte doesn't know what they're talking about sorry guys it's charlotte because i love y'all <laughs> <laughs> um so charlotte was a small town i grew up in um grew up in a lower mid-class family oh there's one that's, i there's did our- hear that yeah uh, was, that was like a <laughs> moon <laughs> and um, you know times were tight my father worked for the factory and times were tight sometimes and so I grew up thinking that um, we couldn't afford everything we needed and we couldn't afford everything we wanted mm-hmm. she <laughs> was uncomfortable the closure of and so that created a sense of It was never enough, and then growing up, also being overweight my whole life, I always felt that no matter what happened, whether my parents were arguing at each other, or if I was getting a bad grade in school, my fat, the reason all of the chaos and stress was happening in my family was because me and I was fat. Those two things going on. um, Really had no aspirations about my future. Uh, this small town that I grew up in, the chances for someone to go to college was rare. Uh, most females got married and had children and and there's nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't um that's just kind of what was expected as i uh, in high school, we actually moved to a whole different city, and I experienced something that was totally different. I experienced kids who got brand new Porsches for their birthday uh, at 16 i um, experienced kind of the well to do the other side of the tracks if you might say <laughs> type of personality and i'd never been exposed to that so being again a fat shy reserved teenager in this environment that there was all of this um, possibility that i had never experienced before um was eye-opening to me. And I think that that was one of the experiences that showed me that I could have more in life. And what I expected my more to be or my definition of success to be was money, uh, things, property, houses, all of that. What I discovered years later was um, that that wasn't really my definition of all of what success was. How did
0: you, um, yeah, what was that like getting to that point when you had, what you had thought was going to be success for you or make you happy? It sounds like you got to a place and you realized that actually didn't make you happy.
1: Yes and, and no. I mean, it- the The more you're available, the more money you have available you have to do, so you can support people in different ways, and you can support charities and that kind of thing, so you can give more so there was that piece. but on the other hand, there's also a piece of um, what's fulfilling spiritually and emotionally and what is is really a definition of what what success is, and a coach of mine gave went through this this process, and I'd love to share it with anyone who's listening to this, because maybe it will help them to redefine their, the meaning they have for success, because it really opened up my eyes to what I thought and felt was success for me. So is it all right if I shared that with you? Yeah, I would love that. And I want you all to know that <laughs> here's a woman from Michigan saying, y- y'all, because I lived in Virginia for a while, too. <laughs> And I'm well, I grew up in West Virginia, so I'm not offended. <laughs> so, who knew a Michigander would say that? <laughs> All right, so this is going to go fast and furious. If you haven't gotten a piece of paper and a pen or pencil nearby, that would be very helpful. Uh, it's not necessary, but it would be interesting, I think, for you to write down what's going on. For you, when you finish these sentences, hmm. see what's happening over and over again. And you, did you want to play too? I, I want to do it too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. I want to get on in on this.
1: All right. Okay. So just finish these sentences. A successful minute is. A successful hour is. A successful day is. A successful week is. A successful month is. A successful year is. A successful relationship with my children is. Successful relationship with my partner or spouse is. Successful relationship with my parents is. Successful relationship with the rest of the family is. Successful thought is. Successful resolution is. Successful body is. Successful adventure is. Successful vacation is. Successful meal is, successful bank account is, successful hair day is, successful home is, successful life is, successful goal is, successful sound is, successful smell is. A successful taste is, a successful sight is, a successful touch is, a successful higher power or god is and besides being frustrated with me cuz it was going too fast <laughs> there's a purpose for that what else what did you come up with what did you notice yeah it was interesting cuz um well I, at first you
0: started and i wrote i it was like going too fast and i was getting really um disoriented like i i was doing it wrong or i couldn't do it and then i just kind of let myself like sit like kind of dropped down into listening to you and what was coming up was the word full. Ah, how nice. Yeah. And it was, I was actually kind of surprising because every response it was like full and, and it just, it was not a full of like being packed full, but like a fullness of a, a range, probably mm-hmm. a fullness of like, Diversity, and um, yeah, I I just have full written down like twenty times on my paper. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Thank you for playing. (laughs) Um, After doing that exercise, what I found for me is I kept writing things like calm and peace and love, and it really opened my eyes to what I really was craving was calm, peace, balance, and love in my life. Mm. and enjoyment, laughter, uh, those things don't come with a price tag, which surprised me. Uh, most of us think that success is, you know, a dollar amount, and I will be happy if and when I make six figures. That's what everybody wants to, you know, to make. And the reality is, is maybe if we, like you said, become, a, be in that space of being full, and I get what you're feeling. It's, a fe- it's like a satisfaction. It's like a, yeah. um, like everything is enough. And, and there's a feeling of happiness and contentment, maybe. And for me, there was the sense of wanting calm and peace in my life. I wanted loving relationships and laughter. That first, and then the financial piece of it will come. kind of how I felt about it so if you would look at my you can't see my vision board but my vision board has things like fun and joy and and it has a couple sitting together facing each other laughing and um, things like be strong and and those are the there there aren't things on my vision board there aren't big houses and there aren't and one time in my life that's what I thought success was Um, and we have actually Growing up in this blue class, lower middle class family, my husband and I actually had achieved quite a bit of success in that way. Um, but that's not that's not my driving force. My driving force is to build these beautiful relationships. And as you said, and I love that. Oh, I mean that that's just kind of explains it all to be in a fa- a place of being full and content, it doesn't mean you're not driving or you're not motivated or you don't want more because we all want more. That's how we're designed. But it's not a, um, it, it, my focus and motivation is different. Totally.
0: And I guess I'm curious, like when you had this realization, it sounds like two years ago. Yeah, it was probably a little longer than that. Okay. But yeah, did you, what What shifted externally like in your life?
1: well what shifted is how I looked at even task, yeah, you know, we all have the mundane tasks that we don't want to do, but we've got to do it anyway, and so we put it off as long as we can and um, but it, it helped me look at tasks differently. How can I bring joy to this task how can i um how can I I was explaining to someone today because she kept saying the word should, and she's trying to get out of the habit of saying the word should. And, you know, my joke is stop shooting all over yourself. and Because should is a judging word. It's very judging to ourselves. It's judging to others. When we say it, we become very defensive. And she goes, well, maybe I should say ought to. I'm like, no, that's still the same category. Um, Will is still kind of the same place. That means you've got to force yourself to it. But What if you would say I get to? I was looking at those mundane tasks as I get to. So, how does that change? Well, as a child, if we get to do something, we're so excited we can't hardly stand it. Like, I get to go get ice cream. I get to go to the park. I get to go swimming. You know, Those are the things that we would say as a child and get so excited about. So, bringing that into everyday mundane tasks I get to changes the emotion around the oh gosh here i go to work again even if you're in a space where you're not happy at work um and i'm a visual person so i see like this the um White and the seven doors in you know, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're happily singing their song what did they do they went to a mine for crying out loud they were mining so that can't be fun work If we do that on our everyday basis, then things are becoming easier. And, you know, going back to success, then maybe that's a successful day.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it was a shift in your orientation. Right. It wasn't like you changed careers at that point or did something drastic. It sounds like it was a really subtle shift in how you approached your everyday
1: life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I realized at that point what was really important to me. I mean, it wasn't the big car, would that be okay to have one? Sure. Or you know, the big house, would that be okay to have one? Sure. But that wasn't what was driving me. Nor did that ever motivate me. So what how would you define success today? So I define success today as being in a sense of calm, confidence. I I also define success as being in alignment to what is my definition of higher power or God. Everyone has a different definition of that on a day-to-day basis, minute-to-minute basis. Being in that space of openness to um, things that are possible, that are beyond imagination sometimes. In uh, in that trusting space, and realizing that everything that we see and we think is real is not necessarily real. So some of it's illusion. Most of it's illusion. <laughs> <laughs> and we can um, manipulate. And I don't. You need. That's that's a terrible word. Um, we can be flexible with it. Things are flexible. You know, like they talk about our brains being flexible, plastic, moldable. There you go. That's the word. Things are yeah. It's like there's a play, more playfulness in what yeah. you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's so serious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like something to, like a, I'm imagining like a, uh, a sandbox. Yeah. To like experiment and have fun and try exactly. thi- try new things. So how does that like how how does that definition um, drive what you're doing today? Great question.
1: So how that drive what I'm doing today is is I think it's I don't think I know that what it did for my clients is it brought a different space for them to be able to come into. So they were freer to play as well, to experiment. And now that they weren't being judged, it brought in a lot of my intuition that I had been struggling with to acknowledge. And um, because I didn't want to be that weird woo-woo person that (laughs) could sense and feel things, although I could, but I didn't want to admit it. (laughs) So it brought in that aspect as well, that I could learn to trust that. And I kept getting validation after validation that that was happening and was true. So it it created an atmosphere that I could work differently with my clients in a place that they could feel comfortable knowing that there was no judgment from me and, and trusting that what, what they could hear for themselves or feel um, or experience that it was a safe place to share that. So it did open up this whole new realm of possibilities for all of us and in a place that we could do so safely together. I think creating safe spaces is really important in today's world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
0: love what you're saying because it's what I'm hearing is that as you have created safety within yourself or for yourself, you have been able to extend that to other people, and allow them to connect with parts of their experience, parts of their life that maybe they haven't felt safe in connecting with. Right, exactly. exactly. And I and I imagine that that's like supported your clients in their own transformation, whether it's losing weight or letting go of self-limiting beliefs or. Yeah, whatever it is that you're bringing awareness to, you're offering them to step into a space where there's a lot of awareness. It sounds like,
1: right? I do believe. Yeah, you're right on track. I think the first thing for any to anyone to change is to obviously you have to be aware of it. You have to be aware that there's something that needs needs you want to be changed. Uh, so that is true, uh, and then releasing the judgment around it. So the stories that we create creates a lot of judgment, and then moving from there to break through the limiting beliefs, the barriers that we have about ourselves, the um, the the consequences of staying stuck in the self-sabotage become so much of our story that we stay there in the misery rather than move forward. And so yes, I create that space where all of that can be, be aware of, without the judgment, and then shift it. And sometimes the shifts are so subtle it makes me laugh because they're so subtle. A client, I'll be working with the client, and they'll be very, very upset, emotionally upset about something. That it may be tears. And then we've worked through some things 15 minutes later, and they're saying to me that that was never a problem. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) You're crying. It was a problem. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're you're right. So um, sometimes we make things too hard, and sometimes the shifts are so subtle that we don't even – it becomes our new normal, and so we don't even realize it was a problem. So – that gives me great joy (laughs) that that can happen because we all think it has to be hard and it hurts to hurt, you know, no pain, no gain. right? And that's not true.
0: Yeah. And you, you open up an offering for people to, to do it a different way that it doesn't have to be super hard. Exactly. So I'm curious, I, I know, um, you know, from talking to you, part of what's led you to the work you do now is your own story. Because you, you overcame, it sounds like a lot of those um, judgmental voices, self-sabotaging voices in your own journey, um, losing weight and stepping into the life that you have today. So how has, yeah, how, tell me a little bit about how like your own story has impacted, like how that journey has led you to where you are today.
1: It's really interesting sometimes how our own mess once we get through it can help so many other people and as i shared earlier i was always fat i was the chubby little infant that is so cute and the chubby little toddler that everybody pinched their cheeks and then all of a sudden when you get to elementary school when you're you're fat it's not so cute anymore and I got a lot of teasing from from the kids other kids for being so overweight um Started my first diet at 10, was put on speed. It was actually, that's the appetite suppressant when I was a child from my doctor. And it didn't last long. I don't think I probably would hook up more in a couple of weeks because I'm sure I went from this very reserved wallflower child to very crazy <laughs> jumping around doing, I remember trying to jump rope in the house at one point, so it probably wasn't a good deal. <laughs> um, drank diet soda since I was 10, but on every diet known to man, lose weight, guide, you know, gain weight, lose it, lose it, gain more, and plus um got to a goal weight at twelve through one of the national known big um weight program, weight loss programs. And couldn't go through the um, maintenance program, which I know knew I at that time even I so desperately needed because of our finances at that time. Went back to see a hypnotist actually at sixteen, and mm-hmm. the diet at that point was what's now considered the keto diet, and uh, the the hypnosis was all about the diet. And I did lose 30 pounds, and I used the word lose because I found them back. However, what fascinated me was the power we all had in our mind. And the power that we all have in the mind to get past all of the stuff that we think is keeping us in that that box. You know, I guess I grew up in a really small town. I only saw a few avenues for my future. When I got out of that box, I saw more avenues for my future, and that's kind of what hypnosis does: is it takes those barriers out of the way so you can see beyond those and what you really truly can be. And so I started studying hypnosis when I was 16. The weight loss story goes until um, way into my adult adult losing, gaining weight, Um, and. Once I had our son getting on the scale and going, oh my gosh, I thought I would at least have lost 65 pounds (laughs) having a child, and I hadn't. Um, That surprised me, and I was the heaviest I'd ever been, and I've let go of 49 pounds now and kept it off for 18 years, Um, and because even after our son was born, I still had a lot of times when I was back and forth and back and forth about dieting, I, I developed a weight loss program for a weight loss clinic. So fast forward to um, quitting my day job, which I I was a buyer for an emblematic store. So Big Ten University, I was a buyer. I got to spend millions of dollars a year, which was awesome. Someone else's money is awesome. But then again, I was responsible for the return on the investment, the gross profit margins, all of that about business. So I've been in business for a long time. And um, my father passed away, and I came home and told my husband I quit my job. And he goes, so what are you going to do? He's like, what? Um, I said, I don't know yet. And I, I went to a hypnotist to lose weight because at that point I had put on 45 pounds, and 49 pounds, from my father being ill for a while. And um, she didn't really talk about diets. She didn't really talk about anything around the grief of my father. She didn't even know that. But five sessions in, she said, what do you want to mm-hmm. do now? And I said, for a career, and I'm like, I want to do what you do. She said, like, great, I'm a trainer, which is, and I can, and can help you get your license. And this is how I find fascinating with sometimes our destiny is, is not what we thought it was. Um, I would have never thought in a million years that I wanted to be a hypnotist. Um, I never thought that I wanted to be in business, but I was for a long time and was really good at it. Um, I wanted to be a psychologist, and I found out how much chemistry and math I had to take. And <laughs> I was like, How's it wasn't going to work. So, hypnosis was the next next thing. I actually was still 40 pounds overweight when I became a weight loss director for her clinic um, after I graduated. Uh, but that was how I developed all of my programs I use now. And all the programs I use now is exactly what I still use to keep my weight off or during the holidays when I gain a little weight or when I go on a cruise. I don't limit myself at all. And I come back and I go back to what's now my normal eating. Um, It's a very painless way to release weight. I like to say without drop-dead workouts or grueling food plans because there's none of that. It's all about getting back to learning how to control. And that's not the right word. Learning how to manage our emotions so that we can be more in alignment with um, food. We can be more in alignment with ourselves. We can be more loving and caring to ourselves and still enjoy food. And the weight naturally just drops off because you're paying attention to your body. You're aware of what's, what's healthier. I still eat chocolate. I mean, it's not grueling at all. Mm-hmm. So that's a very long, time <laughs> <on> my story. <laughs> I it's perfect. It's perfect. It's like I was listening to you.
0: Like, oh my gosh! Like, I don't know. To me, it so aligns with what I do and what, like, what I believe. That I just think it's so fascinating and really interesting and and very inspiring and um yeah. So I love hearing your story.
1: Thank you. It's really beautiful. Thank you. It's been a journey for sure. Uh, the two dogs that are in my office, we have three. The other one is, was outside. But the two dogs that are in the office are very, very different. When I take them for a walk, one is all about where are we going, where are we going, got to get there, got to get there, got to get there. The other one is like, I want to smell this, and I want to look at that. And you know, So one's very much journey-driven, and one's very much destination-driven. And I think that if we become, and there's nothing wrong with either, because a journey-driven person is the one that is going to achieve their goals, uh, usually more goal-achieving-oriented person. There's nothing wrong with that. A destination person will still achieve their goals. They'll just find a little bit softer, easier way to do so. And so they remind me every day that either way is fine, uh, but I would choose to be more of a destination. love or, that. Yeah. So
0: I guess to conclude, I think, I think that's a perfect segue into like, what is your destination from here? Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for asking.
1: All right. So um, I am focusing again. It's so funny how we go for the first circle, right? So I started in the weight release industry as a weight loss director for that clinic. And then I moved away from that. I started helping people in business because I was, I had been in business for so long and I was always working on the emotional components around what's keeping you stuck. Why do you not think you can get that promotion? Why can't you? What's going on in your business? I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What's going on in your business is a reflection of what's keeping you stuck emotionally and mentally. Um, And so what I've decided just recently is to go back into what I love, which is helping people release weight and keep it off helping people to learn that the emotions that they're experiencing doesn't have to drive them to food. And that once we, again, manage them, maybe even massage the emotions, um, release some stuff that we've been shoving down with food for all of our lives, that the weight will drop off. And you can keep it off without having to think how many fruits you've had today and how many vegetables you've had and have I had enough of, you know, one thing or another or counting calories or any of that stuff that just bogs us down and keeps putting us in the lack mentality that, that we're not enough, one, and that there's not enough food. So that's what I've gone back to. Um, anyone can chat with me about what that one thing is, is keeping them stuck in their weight journey by um, contacting me through Vicki at break-through.org, which is my email address. Um, And I can then send you a link to my calendar. And I'll chat with anyone. It's called crack, Crack Your Code to Weight Loss. Usually there's one thing that's causing people in their journey with releasing weight that's keeping them stuck. And we'll look at what is that one thing for you We'll kind of unkink the hose if you want to talk about a metaphor. Unkink the hose so that things can start flowing, and you can release your weight. And um, and then if we have resources for you, then I'll be glad to share those with them as well. But for right now, Vicky, which is i e v i c k i e at break, and there's a hyphen or dash through, which is spelled out a long way org org is my email. So it's t
0: h it's t h r o u g h right. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely encourage anyone listening to reach out to Vicki if what she's saying resonates with you and you would like to talk to her more about how she could support you on this journey.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so that we can also determine your what's your vision of success for that journey destination. Um, Most of us, again, it goes back to numbers, doesn't it? You know, we think success is a dollar amount and we think our weight goal success mm. is a pound. What's the scales say? And, it, and once we change, shift that a bit to that's an outcome that's awesome, but let's shift the destination to get there to other small successes Then. um, then we are finding that people, and they're happy. Like like you were saying, for you, your definition of success is being full. Um, let's get to that place where it's not a fullness of the body. It's a fullness of life and the sweetness of life.
0: I love that. Yeah, because so many approaches to weight loss are focused on exercise and food and, you know, all kinds of monitoring and tracking and what you're um, promoting or teaching or offering is like helping people to come in more alignment with themselves and actually deal with the emotions that are driving them to overeat or not take care of themselves. And, and through that process of dealing, kind of like working from the inside out, the outside just takes care of itself as the the internal work is done. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well put. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love it, and it. Yeah, I think that that's the personally. I feel like that's the only way to sustainable, lasting change. Right. I agree. For anything. For anything. Yeah. And I think you have to get under the hood, so to speak, and actually address what's causing the problem. And if if you just focus on this, the manifestation, the physical manifestation of it, it's like a, a putting a band on something and not really getting to the roots. So it sounds like we both like working on the roots.
1: <laughs> I, I think we both do. And because we both have experienced What can happen when you do that? Yeah. Work through the root system and then um, grow new roots, really, so that it's not so survive. And how much easier life is. Life can be easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy, but easier. Life can be at ease, let's put that. And so many of us are so driven by this word success And what other people's death, what we've been told other people's definition of it is and haven't really investigated what's ours. So I do hope everyone does that exercise so they can see what their own version of success is. And I really do hope that it opens their minds and their eyes up to the possibilities for them to get off of that hamster wheel and, um, and start appreciating what success means for them.
0: Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Um, I don't think I can, there's anything to add to what you're saying. It's like you're saying it so well. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to add anything because, you know, it would take away from what you just said. Um, but I do want to ask you, is there anything that you feel is important that you haven't already shared about, success or about your intuition or about um you know trusting yourself connecting with your authentic self that you want to offer
1: to the listeners yeah actually thanks for asking that question there is there is one thing and that would be about intuition and how I discovered my intuition. And I, and I tell this story hoping that it inspires someone else to know that, yes, you are in, intuitive as well, but you're, you're not paying attention to how it's coming towards you. So my intuition comes through my thoughts. And so because they're my own thoughts, then I question whether or not it's real. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who was in my office. I was doing a hypnosis session with her, and I sometimes hear things or I think things, but I kept hearing this point, hearing say the word daffodils, again, through my thoughts. And I said, I would say to myself, no, as I'm working with this client. And then I heard it again, say the word daffodils. And I said the word no again in my head as this is going on and I'm working with this client. Third time it came around, it said, say daffodils. So that sounded something like this to the client. So now you're walking down this path, and you come down to this beautiful opening in this path where you see acres and acres of daffodils. And as you walk down this path, their heads all look up towards you, and you see the different colors of yellows and goldens the daffodils as they smile at you as you walk by. So afterwards, you know, she's, she's awakened, and we're debriefing, basically. I'm like, what did you experience through that? She goes, how did you know my favorite flower was daffodils? I had no idea. I had none whatsoever. I knew she liked gardening. We had not talked about it any further. I did not know her favorite flower was daffodils. So that's when I started listening to what I'm thinking. Um, So I share that story because some of you may be experiencing intuition through your own thoughts, and you're discounting them because it sounds like you. Or you're fearful that that thought is not that thought is you and not from the intuition, the higher source, or whatever it may be. So what I would recommend is, and from that moment on, I ask for for a validation, and I kept getting validation after validation after validation. So now I can trust that that is. My intuition is a mental intuition. It comes from my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I can hear things. uh, Sometimes I feel and sense things. But those have come after I recognize the mental intuition of thoughts. So thank you for asking that. I think there's a lot of people out there that are very intuitive and they don't think they are because it, it sounds like their own voice.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you're offering them the message to trust themselves and to look for like I think like anything else, the only way that you build trust is through practice and acting on it and then seeing like you saw that woman say, How did you know that was my favorite flower? It's like you you wouldn't have started building that muscle if you didn't actually follow through with an urge that you had that was coming to you. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so things like I'll have a thought and someone whether in my family within a few hours, a few minutes, or maybe even a cashier as I'm checking out will say something similar to that thought. So that's a validation that, that that's, you know, that's an intuition. Um, that's a mental intu- intuition through my own thought pattern. And we've all had thoughts of someone and then They call us later, or you hear something about them later. We all have that kind of thing as well. So don't discount it. You are intuitive, (laughs) and it's just learning what type of intuitive you are.
0: Well, how like sometimes I think it's helpful to offer like what what's possible. Like you know, because I can imagine someone listening, maybe thinking, "How could that? Like, why would I even bother? How would that serve me?" So what would you say to that question of like, how could accessing your intuition help to serve you?
1: Well, for me, personally with my clients, it serves, doesn't serve me, it serves my clients because it validates things for them. (laughs) And a lot of what I'm thinking and saying out loud to them, they're already thinking they're just afraid of it so that serves them in releasing. And I think for me personally it's uh it's about you know we all have those decisions that we're not quite sure we want to make or how to make them. And so listening to that quiet voice inside um will normally steer you in the direction that you need you need or want to go. If it's screaming at you, it's normally not the, the voice you want to listen to um, unless it's doing so to, in a safe way. So uh, I thought of an example. I thought about buying something the other day, and I heard this voice and said, no, okay. <laughs> that one I listened to. But <laughs> uh, most of the time it's a very quiet, and that's what's confusing, too, It's a very quiet, gentle whisper and um we don't always want to give our attention to that and that that giant qu- that that quiet whisper will will take you in a dire- direction that um is is i don't believe there's any right or wrong way of doing anything because i think we can always course correct at any time so it might take you in a direction that's uncomfortable it might stretch you you're going to get out of your comfort zone doesn't mean it's wrong so that's how it serves me is it helps me to make decisions and I listen to the quieter voice for most part except for when I was told not to buy a lot of tickets so there you go (laughs) (laughs)
0: well
1: I love how this is coming
0: back to like the way you started about possibility because what I'm hearing you say is that through through trusting your intuition, it opens up doors and possibilities that you wouldn't have seen if you just Mm -hmm. stayed in your box. And like, I just know this, so I'm only going to operate within this world that I know. And the intuition opens up possibilities that you wouldn't even consider um, before. Right.
1: Absolutely. And and I do like, I would like to have those too it doesn't mean even though it's intuitive and it's an intuition is coming to you and you're getting an answer to that perhaps question, it doesn't mean it's always easy. Um, That it means that it, because it could be stretching you out of your comfort zone. And so it could be very scary. And a lot of times we think that our intuition is going to keep us, um, I don't want to say safe, but so that it's not hard and everything is easy and it can, but if you're stretching you out of your comfort zone, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. It doesn't mean it's wrong.
0: I love that. Um, because that, honestly, that's why you're on this podcast or on this interview is because of an intuition I had and it has not been easy and it stretched me way outside of my comfort zone but, um, there's something different about this, like it's hard, but it's hard in a different way than like doing something that you don't want to do. Um, like I think about when I had to do work that didn't align with me, how hard that was. And we're now it's like, it's hard work, but it's, it feels a lot different. And that probably will
1: make sense to you. It does make sense to me. And and I get I understand what you're saying, and I'm, I'm hoping that it gives hope to others, um, to know that and, and comfort to others. So a lot of times when people talk about intuition, it's like oh it's all flowery and roses and happy and and it's not always. It's like you said this mm-hmm. this whole podcast ex- experiment for you was like. Oh my gosh! I've got so much to learn technically how to do these. I've got to create all these people to be interviewed and set up all these schedules. And I already have a full plate. And how am I going to, you know? So that it wasn't easy for sure in that sense. But because it aligned to your your intuition, um, things are easier. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like coming back to the word
0: "full." It feels right. full, like fulfilling in that that it's really hard but it's like really satisfying there you go instead of that like you work really hard for something and then you get to the end and you're like man i thought i was gonna feel (laughs) like better and that this is gonna make me happy but yet you just feel
1: empty right exactly exactly yes there's a a total difference
0: yeah and so i love what you're pointing at and what you're offering people to consider is that through trusting intuition actually it can create more fullness and more satisfaction in your life and it doesn't mean that it's easy it's just that it's more satisfying yeah exactly
1: perfect that's beautiful perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well together together is better between the two of us i think we can we can cover um what you know what we want to say and i i think there's so much like I'm noticing the time and um wanting to wrap up. Uh, but I feel like I'm already thinking, oh, we could talk about a whole we could talk about intuition for the whole time next time. (laughs) So I'm I'm thinking about other ideas I have to to talk with you on different topics and share them with people. We um we do that often. It seems like every time we get on the
1: phone together, we're like, oh, we need to talk about this. (laughs) And I guess my dog agrees. So she's ready to leave. She wants me to open the door, let
0: her out. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, okay. Yeah. I think there's so much here. And and my hopes is I give that this gives people a taste for, you know, what's possible, what's available, other, other possibility. Right. um, For themselves. And we, you know, I would love for them to reach out to you or to me if they they want to get into the work and go deeper and actually see how it could help them in creating more satisfaction in their life. So, um, yes, maybe to be continued, we'll have another conversation.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I look forward to it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for your time and I look forward to talking to you again soon and hearing how your journey on your, towards your destination
1: unfolds. <laughs> Great, thanks. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Okay.
0: Okay, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to Coaching with Catherine. If you like this podcast, please show us your support by leaving a review in iTunes or Google Play. It helps us so much and helps others to find the show. You can also visit me at www.coachingwithcatherine, spelled K A T H A R I N E. Dot com or on facebook to learn more about me and the work i do thank you so much and i'll talk to you soon bye